this is being recorded on the day that Joe Biden is being inaugurated as president, which on one side I feel is good because it's it's good to get someone who kind of is already engaged in politics as back as a president. But on the other end, it's another thing to think about is the fact that there's really not going to be any change. We're basically just going to go back to the environment that we had before the Trump era. We're going, we're going to go back to the time that created Donald Trump. And so it just kind of feels like that there's going to be no change in the country or the world, really. And there's really going to be nothing different. And it's just kind of going to be a repeat of Barack Obama's presidency. Which many people would argue isn't necessarily a bad thing, because having Donald Trump as president was a wild ride. It wasn't just because of him. It was because of everybody. And that kind of brings it back to the uh, the raid on the Capitol. It's, it's People are acting like it's specifically only Donald Trump's fault. I understand, because it's a very easy thing to say, but... At the same time, you have to remember is that he's not the per- the only person responsible for this. And then some people will say, well, it's people responsible for it are the people that raided it, the people that, you know, honestly believe that the election was fraud, which is also understandable. But another thing you have to b- understand is, well, what put them into a situation where they can believe that? What put them into the corner where they that is the best option for them? And so to me, it is, it's everyone's fault that that happened. Everyone played a role, even if you didn't do anything. Everyone played a role in that existing, in that happening to the White House. And me personally, it's, I don't support the reason they did it, but I do support the kind of push against sort of authoritarianism, which is, it's something that I support. I don't care what's side of the political spectrum. I don't really support big government that much anyways. So I do agree with the kind of pushing against the government, but I don't agree for the reason they did it. I believe that it's irresponsible and that it was it was ridiculous. But it's 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 important to understand that it's not solely one person's fault or one group's fault. It's everyone's fault for letting it get to that point. Everyone has some sort of responsibility and role to play in that in that happening. And so Joe Biden becoming president is just going to create a political climate just like Barack Obama's where it will become that. We will have another Trump because the political climate of Barack Obama was what built Trump. It's what allowed Trump to be to have power. And so it's what gave him followers. And so that's how I kind of feel about the election right now. I don't feel like anything's really going to change. It's just kind of going to be... Well, a repeat of history. history. History will rewrite itself in one way or another. And I believe that with Joe Biden, it will just be that, exactly that, rewritten history. So. And so this week has kind of been interesting for me specifically because COVID has actually like officially hit people that I know. And it's it's something that I've felt I would be much more affected by. But the, the the big thing is that it's hit the people that I expected it to hit. The people who are unhealthy. The people who do, who I expected to kind of have effects by it. It, it didn't hit anyone who was extremely healthy or anything. So it's, it's, it's on one end, it's sad that it's hitting 
my family and that it's affecting my family in that way and people that I know. But at the same time, it's expected. I expected it to happen. It's something that I kind of expected to come. And so with that, you kind of, it, it's, it, it does make you think about those people who are affected by it. What would happen to them? Are they going to be severely damaged? Are they going to, you know, never be able to breathe the same, work the same, think the same? Are they are they going to die, maybe? It just kind of makes me think of, well, what happens if they do? How would I feel? How affected would I be? And I think the big thing to remember is that even if something were to happen to these people who are affected by it, and it probably will be sad if it does happen, I know that I'll probably get through it fine. I'll probably get through it fine. And yes, it it, it, it will be a hard time, but at the, it, 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 I'll learn something from it in the end. And that's probably partially because of my Buddhist mindset in life. I have very Buddhist ideals and concepts that I just follow my life by. And to me, what I've learned through Buddhism is just the idea that death is inevitable, but it's shared. So yes, they may be permanently affected, and they may very well die, but one day I will join back with them. And that's not really alarming at that point. Because it's like, yeah, sure, they'll die, but I'll see. I'll be with them again in the earth and in the ground, as dust, as all, people, all things return to. Nothing is permanent. And so in essence, you could say that COVID is never permanent, which is, right now, doesn't seem possible, and it seems like an insane thing to say, but it's, it's, it's true. COVID is never permanent. I am never permanent. And right now is never permanent. And we are never permanent. Nothing is ever permanent. Everything is just, everything fades away into the darkness that is the world. Which is kind of beautiful, if you think about it. So yeah, COVID is, it, it is serious, but I definitely don't think it's as serious as people portrayed it. Because... A lot, of t a lot of the things that are being counted aren't necessarily deaths from COVID, more deaths with COVID, so that's a big thing to consider. But it is still serious. It's, it's, if you look at that number and say 300,000 deaths, and you don't think about anything, you don't feel anything at least, it, 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 there is something that needs to be worked on your mentality about life. You do, you do need to think, these are people's family members. These are people who are cared for and who people care about. And they care about people, and they have jobs, and they have families, and it, it is important to consider. Especially in this kind of climate right now, where it just seems like everybody hates everybody else. It seems like everyone just wants to rip each other apart, and it's just not what, this, it's not what the world needs right now. The world doesn't need people at each other's throats all the time. Right now, what really society and everyone needs is unity. We need to unify together and try to solve this problem. We don't need to fight each other right now because we're fighting against a you know pan a disease well not even a disease really more like a virus but yeah we already have enough enough issues we don't need to make our own issues and that's honestly in my opinion the biggest problem in the world right now is that we make our own issues whether it be in politics or medicine or anything like that it's just we make the we make our own issues we hate each other for no reason we hate each other just because we've been told we should, and it's it's ignorant, and it's not genuine. And so, yeah, my family is getting affected by COVID, but I 
I wouldn't say I'm hopeful, but I'm not scared. I'm not terrified, like it's gonna kill my entire family and leave me to rot in a ditch. I just, it's, it's. I think that even if there is permanent damage to me or my fa- or anyone I know, really, I'll probably get through it. I may even improve personally. I may even personally learn and progress through it. I never know. But, you know, we'll see. And something that I feel I should talk about, or rather, I want to talk about, is Donald Trump getting taken off of Twitter and other people who share his views getting taken off of Twitter. And... I do hear, I I understand the argument that it's like, well, it's a private company, they can do what they want. And yes, they can, but at the same time, it's also important to consider that society at this point is so built around social media that it's, it's, it's essentially like getting your tongue ripped out of your, getting your tongue cut off and then saying, and then being told to deal with it, be fine with it. It's just, it's just, you're fine. It's, we, we have the right to do it. It's fine. It's, it's, it's so many people communicate with social media and get their news and their sources and learn things that it's just, it's, it's ignorant to just take someone off of there and expect people to be fine with it because society is so just based off of social media that it's difficult to just tell people to be all right by taking, by getting taken off of it. And so another thing is that I see a lot of people saying that it was good that these people with these opinions got taken off of the platform, which I guess if you believe they're dangerous, is fine. If you believe these people are dangerous and they're spreading dangerous views, then I guess it's okay to believe that. I understand why you would believe that, but it's not going to solve anything. It's not going to solve any problems that we have. Nothing's going to change from this. The only change that's going to happen is these people are going to be even more radicalized. They're going to be even more motivated to spread a message, and they may even get even more radical me- radical messages that they want to spread. They may even get more violent and disruptive about their opinions and because they, they've been censored. They can't spread them, so they'll have to do anything they can to do it. And that's the biggest thing to consider is that this isn't, like I said, isn't going to solve any problems. Taking Donald Trump off of Twitter is not going to solve any problems. And if you believe that he's dangerous, genuinely dangerous, he spreads dangerous language, dangerous language, then sure, you could. But that's, this is just going to make the situation even more dangerous. Because now these people are going to be even more radicalized. And it's just going to ha- make them take more action. And it's just not going to end well, I believe. And yet it's, then you hear the argument that says, yes, Twitter's a private company, but so is every other small business owner that wants to stay open. So they should have the right to stay open. And while that's a fair argument, and I do understand how that could kind of have a substantial play in debate and kind of actually has some sort of weight to it, at the same time, Twitter isn't spreading COVID. Small businesses being open is spreading COVID. And so, yes... I personally do believe that small businesses have the right to close if they want. They don't have to. I encourage it, but I don't believe that we should force it, enforce it as a law. I think that's ridiculous, but 
I understand how you could want it. You could want, why you would say that oh, small businesses need to be closed down. But it, it's that that argument of yeah, well, so is every other small business. So they're also private companies. They have the right to stay open. But you could also consider the idea that if they stay open, they're endangering people's lives by spreading a virus. And so Twitter has no excuse, to me at least. I don't believe Twitter has an excuse to be justified in what they did. Because, yes, they're a private company, but at the same time, they need to be held at a higher sort of bracket. They need to be held at a higher regard than, you know, small businesses. Because they're so big, and so much of what we do is based off of these companies that at just... Taking someone off of the platform, especially someone who was the president of the United States, it's just ignorant, and it's not a good move for whether you're a company or anything. It's just not the best move to do. Why I don't necess- personally, I don't necessarily support all the things that those people may say. I support their right to say it. So if they if they want to say it on that platform, sure, say it. And if the company wants to take it down, sure, take it down. But it's not. I wouldn't push to take it down. But, yeah. Recently, I've kind of had a lot of, I guess you could say, spiritual understandings about life. But I wouldn't necessarily say that. I'd probably say just kind of matured spiritually. If that makes sense. I understand that a lot of people have this kind of misconception about spirituality. That it's kind of... It's 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 very hippie-ish. It's very, you know, associated with going against the grain and just kind of purposefully avoiding mainstream things. Which is understandable, but that was mainly just... I guess you could say propaganda from like the 60s and 70s of people who just kind of didn't support that mindset of going against the grain and doing all those things. And so to me now, nowadays, people who, that, that opinion just is outdated. It's outdated to just call someone a hippie because they explore spirituality or things like that. Now when I, when I talk about spirituality, I don't necessarily talk about the whole thing about the stones and astrology and all that kind of thing. I talk about kind of the more I guess you could say traditional spiritual ideas, like much more kind of, I guess you could say Christian, Catholic, mainly Buddhism and Hinduism and Taoism and all those kinds of things. All those little, well not little, they were quite, they were quite influential, but those things that not many people actually delve deep, delve deep into, kind of things like that. And so these these spiritual, I guess you could say, the spiritual maturity I've kind of realized recently was like, I was asking, I was laying in bed one night and I asked myself, what am I? Genuinely. Just like, what am I? So it's something I'd never thought of. I just kind of accepted the idea that I am me and that's it. I didn't delve any deeper into it. And once I started kind of actually digging deeper and thinking about it, I kind of realized that I was like, well, I have a body. I have a shape. This is I have kind of have a thing that people look at and they kind of say, "Well, this is what when people think of me, they have this face in their mind and it's kind of that's what people think I am is the way I look." But 
I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, but that's not really you. Because if it was you, you wouldn't talk about it as if it was a possession. You know, it's your body. It's your face. Same thing as saying, if well, what if... Same thing as calling yourself your phone. Or your anything. Your Xbox. Your PlayStation 5. It, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as that. It's calling yourself anything you own. So you own your body. You don't own... It's your body isn't you, because you can't own yourself, I guess, technically. And so I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I have a brain, I have thoughts, and I have feelings. But once again, it's I have, as if I own those things. So something has to have ownership over those things. And I started thinking about kind of religion, and then Christianity and Catholicism, and all those, all those kind of religions that are very much based around God, is the idea of a soul. You have a soul that God owns. God owns your soul. And even then, it's that's a contradictory sentence, contradictory phrase in general. It's, it's God owns your soul. So you're still saying it's yours, it's your possession. It's not you though, because once again, you can't own your own possession. You are you you're not your own possession. Rather, you aren't the thing you own. So, I so it's like you're not your soul. So what are you? And that kind of, I kept going and going and going and going. And I was like, well, what was I before I was born? That's a very interesting idea. That the idea that I was, what was I before the thing I associate with me existed? Because I guess you can't really just appear out of nowhere. You can't just, and then you're there. You have to have been something to become something. Energy cannot be created or destroyed just as matter can't be created or destroyed. So, what I ended up discovering is that life is just an idea. The idea that things are alive is just a concept that we believe. That it kind of builds organ, it builds structure in our lives. That well, I am alive, and one day I will die, and that's it. That's life. That's how. That's how things exist. That's all there is. That's all there ever will be. And I guess something I've noticed is also the the, the belief that. It's me versus the world. It's me versus everything. Which, it's, it's, that's another thing I've realized is that you really aren't just you and your body. You're not separate from everything because without the sun, you wouldn't exist. You exist with the sun because of the sun. You can't exist without carbon. You can't exist without oxygen, without the trees, without the grass, without the dirt to have the grass to grow out of. You could ultimately just say, well, I can't exist without the universe, because without the universe, you wouldn't be able to live anywhere. The universe exists so that way you can live in it, and you live so that way you can live in the universe. And so when you actually think about what you are, what defines your limits in this world, it's like, well... Reality, without the world, I wouldn't exist. So it's kind of a relationship that defines itself. I am the world. Because this being, that this this body that I have, wouldn't be able to exist without it. But that's not... That's it. And then I kept thinking about it, and I said, well, then I really don't exist, do I? The thing that inhabits this body isn't really a thing. It's just the universe inhabiting it, and I'm observing the universe. And that's it. That's all I am, is just the world in a body. And that's it. Nothing special. That's everything. 
And then suddenly it just, it was this feeling of just connection to everything. I felt like, I, I, I felt like I was quite literally everything. I was the world. And then I, I did more research and I discovered, I don't know exactly what it was, but I think it was some sort of book where they described the universe as an egg. And inside that egg lives everybody and everything. And out of the bottom of that egg comes the, comes a snake. And that snake wraps around the egg and exists around the egg and it watches over the egg. And inside of the egg is everything that ever will live and ever has lived. And you are normally one of those things inside that egg. And every time you die, you become a different one. And whenever you realize that you will become all of them and that you are you are you are everything in that egg, you become the snake. And you kind of look over everything. You are the snake. Which is an interesting idea because the snake is kind of I guess you could say a kind of representation of God in that analogy. But it's kind of disingenuous to say that God is someone who watches over everything, because by that theory you could also say, well, God exists in everything. Because if I am everything in that egg, and the second I realize that I become the snake, well, then I've already lived through the lives of everyone in that egg. I am the egg and the, I am everyone in that egg, and everyone I am everything in the egg, and I am the snake at the same time. And so I started thinking about it, and I was like, so that's how reincarnation works, because they explained reincarnation at school in the education system. And it was kind of like the idea that you as an individual will lose your personality and go into another body. Which, I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, does that mean that there's a limited amount of actual people in the world, and they just go and go one after another into different bodies? Maybe there's like a hundred people, and they just live through everything that ever exists. Every being that has ever, and will, will ever, and has ever existed will just be, you know... Embodied by those 100 of people. Well, 100 people. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, well... Maybe I am just me. And there's not necessarily multiple people. It's one person inhabiting everything. And that's kind of the spiritual awakening I had. And that's basically it. Which changed my worldview completely. So... Well... That's basically it. Because... I can't really think of anything else I really want to talk about, so, uh, if you listen to this, thank you, um, I didn't really intend for anyone to really listen to this in the first place, I just kind of decided to put it out there, because why not, but if you did listen to this, thank you for listening and getting all the way through, because that was probably pretty boring, it's just kind of me ranting about stuff, but if you did enjoy it, then thank you for listening, though, uh, I feel like if if this does get kind of traction and people do listen to this, then I may put it on another one. I may put it on another one anyway, so that's fun. But it probably won't because I'm just busy right now. So, But I may do it anyways because it's kind of fun. And it kind of gives me an opportunity to vent a little bit. But if you didn't want to listen to this, thank you. If you did get all the way through, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> Thank you.